Um, today we're talking about thankfulness, and we have so much to be thankful for. And I pray that the focal point of your life is focused on thanking Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, for our salvation, and that our destiny is secure. Every day that should be the that should be what changes us, switches us, focuses us, shifts us, reminds us of the goodness of who God is. Do you guys want to take a seat? Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. See ya. <laughs> you know, as I've been studying Thanksgiving, it it's become quite apparent that thank thankfulness, gratitude is very different to praise. You know, they often are seen together in the Bible, but they've actually got two different uh, functions. Thank, like, thankfulness is about the goodness of the gift, whereas praise is about the goodness of the giver. See, thankfulness acknowledges things, but praise declares things. Thankfulness is about what he has done, and praise is about who he is. Thankfulness is about gratitude. Praise is about awe. Thankfulness is, a, is often a practical. It's personal and often private, whereas praise is public and outward. Praise lifts our spirit, but thankfulness shifts our spirit. See, praise declares above our circumstance, whereas thankfulness declares into our circumstance. You know, it's, thankfulness gives off an aroma around our life that just shouts out Jesus. Thankfulness is a, you know, it's so, you can compare being around someone who's thankful and someone who's not thankful. It becomes quite apparent who you want to spend more time with. Do you know, who starts to make you feel better about life? Do you know, thankfulness gives us perspective. It reminds us of what we have and what we are to be thankful for. A couple of years ago, I struggled um, with a struck with a mental illness. And, you know, I would focus on things like, um, or distract myself with things like chocolate. That was very helpful. Patty said that I could buy as much chocolate as I liked, so that was a good release. Um, online shopping, that was awesome. I didn't buy much, but there's a lot on my watch list. Online shopping was great. Um, uh, what else? Out oh, reality TV. Okay, I, I do have boundaries with reality TV, like how far I'll go, but things like The Block. Um, I did watch the first season of The Bachelor, but I haven't watched any since. Because I thought that was, that was the only time that I was allowed to watch it because I was struggling with a mental health issue. Um, <laughs> and uh, reality TV is just like... The block, yeah, I love the block. Um, and I also planted a garden and um, went to Bunnings and bought some $1 plants, some seeds, and planted all up and, um, you know, worked the soil and, you know, just had this little garden in the front of our house at the time. And the things that God showed me about thankfulness, it's, you know, when you work the soil of your garden, it stops weeds from growing, Right? And thankfulness works the soil of your heart. And it stops things from taking root. Because regardless, until we get to heaven, 
we're always going to have weeds in our heart, right? We're always going to be working at pulling the weeds out. And the soil is always going to produce two things, weeds or plants. It's always going to produce one or the other, right? Until we get to heaven, we will have the joy of just producing plants. But the reality is that we have to work on our heart. We have to work in the soil of our heart. And thankfulness does something as we pray, as we thank him for the roof over our head, as we thank him for our salvation, as we thank him for the goodness of who he is and that he does not change regardless of where we're at. It works on the soil of our heart and the weeds start to fall out. And the funny thing that God just showed me a word of knowledge and he said so many Christians work on the weeds and not the plants. All they do is pull out the weeds. That's what they're working on, the weeds. Pulling out the weeds, pulling out the weeds. He said, just be thankful and plant. Thankful and plant. Thankful and plant. And you'll start to see the plants grow and the weeds will have nowhere to root because the thankfulness, the thankfulness just keeps on working the soil of your heart and the weeds cannot grip. And you've got to choose to plant things. What are you planting in your life? You're here today, you're planting, you're reading your Bible, you're planting, you're praying constantly, you're planting, but you've also got books that you're so into, you've got mentors, you've got e-groups, that we're constantly planting. Do you know, a deep relationship with Jesus is characterized by an overflow of thankfulness, praise, and worship. And, you know, th- Today I want to talk about three ways that thankfulness counteracts certain things that we face in our life. Resentment, anxiety, and fear. Anxiety and fear can often be seen on the same boat. And often if you, stop, if you suffer from one, you'll suffer from the other. But I want to specifically focus on each one because thankfulness, as you thank in both areas of your life, it actually produces different results that counteract those two different things. Do you know, an, um, an attitude of gratitude will shift cultures in your home, in your workplace, in your relationship with your children, your spouse, your friends. And God can't bless resentment. And you can't shift cultures for the better with a culture of resentment. Do you know, as a, ch- as a mum of three little girls, four, three, and one, Putty knows that it's really important to be home by five o'clock. <laughs> um, okay, let me just, has anyone ever been in the car behind a slow driver, but you also need to go to the toilet? Okay, really bad, okay. What's the even worst case scenario is that you're in the car behind a slow driver and your baby is crying, okay? Time just slows down and it's like, it's just like, oh my goodness, would you hurry? You know, like, it's just so, every minute after five o'clock is like probably 45 minutes. It equates to 45 minutes. Now, anyone with young kids, who's had young kids or has looked after young kids will know this, like, the babysitter who's waiting for the parents to come home is like, if you said you're going to be at home at seven, you'd be home at seven, man, I'm out, right? Like, so um, one day a couple of weeks ago, Patty is um, not home at five, and I'm like, okay, 
I can remember like a kind of like at our house we've got the kitchen and it looks out over the driveway so you can see when someone arrives and I'm like oh my goodness you know like because five o'clock is when we eat dinner as well so I'm trying to manage the children as well as make sure dinner is ready at five which is not a hard task but you know it's still a, a management thing and uh, you know Puppy is arriving at 10 past and I see him drive up. I'm like, Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Go see Daddy! Go out the door, Daddy's home! You know, go out the door, Daddy's home! Um, and um, God says to me, are you thankful that he's home or you're resentful that he's home? And I was like... Patty is lovely and lucky that he has a wife that listens to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because otherwise, he wouldn't be here today. <laughs> no. See, for Patty to enter our house with a wife that is resentful, or a wife that has said, don't worry, we had a 10-minute discussion about a simple text message so that my expectations could shift to 10 past 5 instead of 5. That is fine. Um, and I'm uh, sure that next time that will happen. See, you can't let your emotions control how you view or respond to the world. Rather, you have to choose to have a response that thanks God in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 Be joyful always. Pray always. And in every circumstance, give thanks. That's the will of God for our life in Christ Jesus. Be joyful always. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, be thankful Hold up, wait a minute, that's not realistic. But there's nothing about the Bible that is not realistic. There's nothing about the Bible that is not realistic, that is not possible. In fact, the reason that Paul writes that, be full of joy, keep on praying, always give thanks, is that to guard your mental health, that's to protect your heart and guard your mind. It's a conscious choice we have to make. But our thankfulness counteracts resentment. Anxiety. You know, I have rung an ambulance. I've been so anxious. And I've told this story before. And Puffy told the ambulance that there was nothing wrong with me. And I said, I'm about to die on the floor. Come on. But he said, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Anyway, um, so I know what it's like to experience anxiety at its core. But thankfulness, what thankfulness does, it keeps you in the present. And in the present, there's no anxiety. Because anxiety is about the future. But as you keep yourself thankful about what is now, and now I am saved. Now my destiny is secure. Now my children are here. Now I have no terminal illness. Now I am I, my husband and my marriage is good. It keeps you in the present with what is going well now. 
And it's not of God to have anxiety. It's not from Jesus to experience anxiety. Thankfulness is the gateway to peace. Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Okay, sweet. Okay, I give you permission, all of you, not to worry about a thing. Don't worry about the house that you're going to live in next. Don't worry about the food on the table. Don't worry about how your kids are going to turn out. Don't worry about anything, the Bible says. But pray about everything, absolutely everything. Pray for the house. Pray for your children. Pray for your health. Pray about everything. Thank God for all he has done. Then an inexplainable peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. An inexplainable peace. This world needs an explainable peace. This world needs to see you carrying inexplainable peace. This people are going to turn to you in the most craziest of situations. We don't know what's ahead of us, but people are going to turn to us because we do not fret, we do not get anxious, we do not get full of fear, but we can respond with thankfulness, with prayer, because we do not worry. See, thankfulness is as much about protecting your mind as it is about guarding your heart. Got it. Fear. See, thankfulness keeps us joy-filled instead of fear-filled. It is an antidote to fear. See, as we thank God, as we remember, remember all the good things he's done, even the good things he is going to do, it draws us into a relationship with him, a deep and intimate relationship with him. And God is love. And Love, his perfect love, casts out all fear. That's why our gratitude and our thanks as we come to him and we remind ourselves of who he is, it expels fear because his love and fear cannot reside in both. And thankfulness leads to praise and praise leads to worship. And worship is intimacy with him. Thankfulness is humility, acknowledging the food on your table, the head over your the, the head over your head, the t- the roof over your head. Absolutely everything comes from God. That's humility. It's not there by your works, not there by what you've done or what I've done, but every good thing comes from Him. Every good thing comes from Him. See, thankfulness keeps us filled with joy. Like Patty said, joy is not an emotion. It's just Jesus. Jesus is joy. Thankfulness keeps us filled with joy instead of fear. I'm going to get you guys back up, the band back up, please. Um. I'm gonna give, we're going to respond at the end, but I also want to give us a chance to respond now because fear, fear is a real thing. Um, just the musos is fine. <laughs> Jen, I got your back. Um, 
See, irrational fear is real, right? Fear is a real thing. Sometimes we try and toss it off and we try and go, we just try and, um, you know, New Zealanders are really bad with um, just acknowledging that we're depressed or fearful or like we've just got this chuck, you know, suck it up and carry on kind of mentality to to life. And although in some instances, like learning how to ride a horse, that might be encouraging and helpful, but you know, when it comes to our our state of being, we have to acknowledge where we're at and deal with it. And fear is real, and it's not of God. It's not of God, and the enemy uses that to hide us away so we don't outwork the things that God has put on our life. When I was, I, with, um, when Emma was little and I'd be feeding her at night time, I just remember being gripped with fear. I would just be, just, there's no other way to explain, but it, it would grip me. I rang the ambulance that day because I had a fear of getting MS. Irrational, completely irrational. I have no history of MS in my family, but I had this irrational fear. And when I was feeding Emma, this just gripped me. And I just had to wait till I finished breastfeeding her and then just go into the lounge and do something. Just distract my mind, get Tucky to pray for me. Because the enemy uses it and it just grips us. See, whatever is ahead for us in our future, God is there. God is there through the good, the bad, and the ugly. He is there. Your future may be unpredictable, but your God isn't. His love is there, and it's going to pull you through anything and everything. Your destiny is secure. Let that be your focus. Your destiny is secure with Jesus. You are forgiven. And Jesus spoke to me one day at the dining table. He said, Amanda, don't let your fears of tomorrow steal away the joys of today. I would be so gripped in fear that I'd miss what my kids were doing or saying. That would just make me chuckle and laugh. Or the fact that today we can have a really nice roast chicken. That's a joy. Just a simple pleasures that God wants us to enjoy. So if you're here today and you know that you struggle, I'm, I'm going to conclude in a minute, but I just wanted to give a moment to this specific thing. Just with every eye closed. If you're here today and you know that I'm talking about irrational fear, fear of cancer, fear of a child dying, fear of losing a loved one, fear of having no money, irrational. If that's you, why don't you stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you and break it over your life right now. 
you know you have a you struggle with irrational fear. If that's you, you stand to your feet. God is here and he loves you. His love will get you through anything. Absolutely anything. Thank you, Jesus. If you're a leader, why don't you just gather around? There's four people standing. And if you're sitting, pray for them and remember to pray for them during the week because irrational fear is not of God. It's not of Him. Amen. Take a seat. We're just going to finish up. John 7 verse 38 says, my favorite scripture, my go-to scripture. Whoever clings, Jesus says it too, it's in red, I love it. Because if it's in red, it's just, more, you know, it's even more powerful, right? Jesus says, whoever clings to me, whoever relies on me, trusts in me, adheres to me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Whoever trusts in me, where do you need to trust him? Whoever believes in me, how can you believe more? Who adheres to, relies on me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Colossians 2 verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous. In truth, you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done the characteristics of a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is thanksgiving, praise, and worship. You are designed to overflow. Oh, how you are designed to overflow, to overflow with his goodness, to overflow with his praises. A friend of mine said to me the other day in the driveway, Amanda, you don't complain about everything. I was like, oh, do I need to, what, should I complain about some stuff? Will that make me cooler, you know? And then I thought about it, I was like, no, that's a good testimony. I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to find things to complain about. But I want to focus on the goodness in my life. I want to focus on the things that give me joy, not on the things that give me heartache. Don't look to where the water is running, but look to where the water is running from, Jesus. Let this be the cry of your heart to run over. We can grieve, we can hurt, we can be angry and still be thankful because we run over. Let's have a conviction for a deeper, deeper, more intimate relationship 
with Jesus and start with thanking him for your destiny. It's secure. Your sins are forgiven. You are saved. We're going to sing that last song. And we pray for people that are struggling, or, you know, Susie and B and Bev and May, they stood. I want you to pray for them during the week because irrational fear is hard work. Pray protection over them. Pray for God's peace and love to fill them instead of the fear that they struggle with. Can you just close your eyes? just trying to decide which conclusion to go with. Just give me a minute, 50 seconds. I believe there's people here that are running on empty. like the garden you're just working on pulling out the weeds but Jesus is here and he wants to fill you afresh today the Holy Spirit is here and he wants to fill you up to overflow some of us here that just have a simple conviction to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. The only relationship that really matters because that relationship makes every other relationship matter. So I'm going to get Tucky and Jen to sing us and the band to sing us that song and we'll just get them to start singing it and then I want you to stand when it becomes your song and then I'm going to pray and declare into every empty heart in this place that it be filled to overflowing
bless you. You know that you've been running on empty. You're saved. You love Jesus. Just put both hands in the air so I know who I'm praying for. And just as a sign to Jesus, fill me up, Jesus. Fill me up again. Can I just remind you that nothing can separate you from God's love. Absolutely nothing. If you need to repent of something, you repent of it. You say, sorry, God, for neglecting my relationship with you. You repent. You do what you need to do. But Jesus is here to fill you up and fill you up good. I thank you, Jesus, that the cry of every hand lifted is to be filled with you. Holy Spirit, that you are more than enough. Come and fill, fill, fill to overflowing, to overflowing with this hurt, with this barrenness, with this dryness. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're coming right now. I can see him. He's moving. He's all over you. He loves you so much. Let him come in.